coming up. Um, the next couple Saturdays, I mean, we're, we are preparing for this. We've got a conference coming. It's Biblical Insights Conference. Brother Readout's going to be here. Sister Readout's going to be here. And Tom's going to be there, their son. And there is not too many conferences like this. There's not too many ministers that really have really got quite the priority down like Brother Readout has been uh, teaching us over the years. Some There's ministers that do have it, um, but Brother Readout has really learned how to teach that, and uh, we are going to be benefiting from that, and Sister Readout's ministry as well. She's also an ordained minister, and you guys got to hear her last year. She's an excellent speaker, and... Uh, did we get to hear Tom at all last year? Did he speak at all temporarily? He testified. And um, so it's a little bit hard to understand him sometimes, having Down syndrome. But it's, uh, but he is on fire for God. So Tom is. And so we're looking forward to having Brother and Sister Readout come. So this coming, this not this Saturday, but the following Saturday is an actual work day. It's the Saturday that the readouts fly in. They'll be flying in Saturday night. So it's going to be last minute trying to get everything ready for the conference. That conference, we will have a sort of like a kickoff the Sunday night before. It'll be sort of like an orientation. And I'm going to let Brother Readout do just like a little bit of an orientation. And then we will go into Monday through Friday. It's going to be tedious. It's, this is not a conference that draws large crowds. Did you guys know that? This is going to draw serious students of the Word of God because that's what it's all about. And usually when it comes to study, uh, we don't draw a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to study. A lot of people don't want to get into God's Word. And so this is uh, what this conference is all about. It may not be a lot of people. That's okay. That's fine. We're going to have whoever's here, and we're going to have meals every night, Monday through Friday. There's already a meal plan, and so looking forward to that. So there's a lot of things taking place in the meantime. Um, when we, If you look at this church building, you can see that a lot has been done, but there's still a lot more to be done. And we just paid for our engineering this week sent out the checks in the mail for our drafts for our second story in the back. There's be The staircase will be coming up right there, and that will eventually be the Sunday school room. It'll be the same size as what the dining area is, and the, there will no longer be children back over here. That will be a church office. And um, so that will, we have the drawings now, and, uh, well, we ha I have them by email they were sent off to the print shop to be printed so we can get the permit process going. And um, so that was $4,600 between the engineer and the draftsman. It's a good deal, huh? I was very pleased that that's all it was between the engineer and the draftsman. So um, that's happening. And then we have uh, next Tuesday, we have a brother that's coming from Exeter Church. And he runs 
the sound at like these big conferences. And he does all the video and sound and he's going to help come help us set us up, set us up. He knows computer technology, anything where it comes to technology and getting our, you know, we've been having some complaints of people that can't make it, you know, that the quality is not that good. And so he's going to hopefully help us. Um, I asked him what, and <clears throat> my sister, Christy, she told me, she said, and you know, she's not a nag. Christy's not a nag. She's just that quiet type personality. Just real, you know, doesn't like conflict type of person. And so she said, we really need a new computer. So I got him on the phone, speaker phone. And he said, I said, what do we need? And he told us what we needed to buy. Well, we bought that last night at Costco. Yes. So um, he said they cost about $2,000, but you can get them on sale for 1500 a lot of times at Costco. So I was looking it up online. I seen it for 1900 and something at the Costco. And so... I texted him, is this the one? He said, I, he said, I saw it for 1300 over at the one in Visalia. So I called JJ. I said, where are you at? He said, I'm at the parking lot at Costco waiting. And I said, can you check some prices for me? So he went in, and sure enough, it was 1300 And I said, before you do that, I'm going to run to Folsom. So me and Christy, we went to Folsom, walked in, and there was, the, there was that Mac computer for $1,500. And I thought... I'm going to, let's just get it. I mean, because I would have to get money to JJ somehow, and, you know. So we went to check out, and it came up twelve ninety nine. So, and we got the last one. Yep. So that was just, that was just awesome. So we bought that computer, um, and we bought a screen separately. We had to run over to Best Buy. So that's going to be ready. He's supposed to be here next Tuesday to help, help us figure out what we got going on. And uh, it would be really nice to have not have all these dangling cords like here. You know. Um, so we hopefully want to have that done before the conference starts. So we have a lot of things happening. I'm meeting with the HVAC guy tomorrow. This coming Saturday, Artemio will be here. We'll be working on the foyer, the ceiling, because we want to get all that insulated and all the tongue and groove wood in there and uh, put in the vents and ceiling fans, switches, lights, outside lighting, and all that. So we're hoping to have all that done before the conference. So there's a lot of stuff happening in the next couple weeks. Excuse me. So um, I hope you guys are excited as I am. Yes, this is exciting. A lot of good stuff. So we have a special speaker on Sunday. Brother Isaiah Solomon, and um, he is the brother to Rama, and um, Rama was living up here, and he really wanted his sister to come to our church while she was living up here. She never did come to church, but I got a chance to meet her, went to the hospital, prayed for her when she was in a little bit of an accident. Sister Christy has met with her. Christy Martinez has met with her several times and talked with her. And she's moved out of the area, but um, her brother's going to be here preaching on Sunday. <laughs> she said she can't make it, can't make it to hear her brother preach. 
So, um, so that's what's happening. And so it's a busy time. A lot of stuff is happening. So it's exciting too. But I want to talk to you about just two passages of Scripture. Then we're going to jump back into Acts. Just real quick, we're going to start with Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We've read this several times. And we'll get back to Acts chapter 8. And we're going to start at verse 3, and we'll read through verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting at verse 3. Yes. Mm -hmm. Chapter 6. And it says this, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. So the first and great commandment is this. We read in Mark chapter 12 and verse, starting at verse 28. Mark 12 verses 28 through 30 says, One of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? What is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. So the first and the great commandment is this. The first commandment is to literally hear. 
you need to hear that the Lord our God is one. And you know, there is a lot of places where you can go to church where you will not hear the Lord our God is one. Because this is what they teach the Lord is. Three persons. So you have to get yourself in a place. This is the first and great command. This is what Jesus said. To hear this message. And not every place where you can go can fulfill that commandment of hearing. Hear the message that the Lord our God is one. You have to hear that, right? That's the first of all the commandments. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it starts off with that in verse 4. It says, hear, O Israel, hear, listen. The Greek word, or Hebrew word, sorry, is shema. And that's what the little Jewish babies, they hear from the first thing that time they're born. They hear that quoted to them. And I've shared that many times before. But in that passage, number one, we need to observe to do it that it may be well with us. We have the commanded words. And number two and number three, these words are to be in our heart. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. That's what it says in verse 5 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. And then it says we are to teach them diligently to our children. We have to teach them to our children. And we are to talk of them when we sit in the house, when we walk by the way, when we lie down, when we rise up. So this is the only, well, I, I can't really say this is true. I can't say that. But I can say that this is an education we are commanded to give our children. And we're to diligently teach our children. And so we are to bind them upon our hands for a sign. Let them be as frontless between our eyes. And to write them upon the posts of our house and on our gates. Those words. So... Beware lest you forget the Lord. Beware. And then I want to go to another passage, Jeremiah 9, 23. Jeremiah 9, 23. I think we have it as, what's that scripture right there? No, it's not that one. <laughs> oh, there it is, Jeremiah. But it's on the men's bathroom, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. I knew we had it in one of these scriptures somewhere. So what is our glory? What is our glory? Well, what does it mean to glory? Anybody? Brown Driver Briggs says the call definition uh, is to shine of God's favor, to flash forth light, um, to boast. Well, let's just read uh, Strong's definition real quick. Strong says a primitive root to be clear, originally of sound, but usually of color, to shine, hence make a show, to boast, thus to be clamorously foolish, to rave. Causatively to celebrate, also to stultify, 
So that is halal. That is halal. You know, where we, to glory. Okay. Does it remind you guys of anything? Just made me think of something. I might just go there real quick. So that word halal, you know, the hallelujah psalms, which are the last five psalms, uh, the book of Psalms, the halal, praise you the Lord. Each one of those five psalms start with praise you the Lord and end with praise you the Lord, which is hallelujah. So you look at praise, it's halal is the Hebrew word, ye the Lord, yah, halal, yah, so they're called the Hallelujah Psalms. It's Psalm 146 through Psalm 150. Just a side note. That wasn't, that wasn't part of this lesson. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, where were we at? Jeremiah 9. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth, and that's what we have right there. Let him that glorieth, glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord. So, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So, our glory is to understand and know that he is the Lord. That's our glory. To understand and know that he is the Lord. Not to glory in wisdom, not to glory in might, not to glory in riches or in acceptance or in assumption or in theory or in mere belief, but to glory in understanding and knowing him, that he is the Lord that exercises, exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. So that's our glory. Just wanted to share that with you. Um, all right. Last week, I really quickly read you at the very end of the Bible study, I read you some definitions that you guys had never heard before on revelation, recognition, uh, responding, Repentance, remission, receiving, remaining, and reproduction. Do you guys remember that? Did anyone get a chance to write them all down? I went too fast? Okay, which one are you missing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah, you can go back and listen. Okay, that's, that's right. It's recorded, right? It's recorded. Uh, but yeah, there's some uh, there's some definitions in there. Let me read through them really quick as a reminder, and because um, I thought it was pretty interesting, so I'm going to really quickly. Uh, number one is revelation. That's what we build our Christian life on, the revelation of who He is. That's what everyone has to know. The foundation is Jesus Christ. That's what we build upon. And if you build upon that foundation, the revelation of who he truly is, 
not a theory about who he is. If you build your Christian life on that and you study him and you desire to know him more and more and more, as you do that, you build your Christian life there. When the storms do come, you're built on the rock. You see, a lot of people aren't building on that revelation. You know, I just even heard a message today. I was listening to it. It was on YouTube, and it was by an apostolic minister, and it was called Receive You the Holy Ghost. So I was thinking, that's a big focus. you got to receive the Holy Ghost. This is all about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is an important part that if it's not built on the foundation, it's not going to make a difference. And so a lot of people are going and seeking after that. So we try to get people established on that foundation because if they get that established, then it's going to be okay. Build on that foundation. Take heed how you build. Make sure you're careful how you build. We read about that. So the foundation, um, God has established who the foundation is. That's Jesus. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid. So recognition, awareness of the glory, holiness, and blessings of Jesus Christ. And in contrast and comparison, your own state of grossness and sin, which makes you desire him as the source of life. You guys got that? From last week? You got it from last week? Does it match what you got from last week? You got one or two words, awareness of the glory, maybe? Uh, number three the de- is that responding, the determination to discover the fullness of God's requirements toward you and his plan of salvation through sincere Bible study and prayer. Number four is that repentance. It's the complete dedication to change. To change the motivation, that di- the motivations, plural, that dictate your actions and your goals. Because remember, repentance gets down to motivations. Hence, fruit, beginning to follow Christ for others to benefit. Not just selfish reasons, right? A lot of times people follow Jesus Christ for selfish reasons. Oh, I don't want to go to hell. I better make sure I go get saved. That's not the right reason. It's not the right motivation. Or I want to go to heaven. Or I want to find a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend. See, these are all not the right motivations. Or you get all these benefits and these blessings for li- you know, if you live for God. That's not the right motivation. When you begin to get to true repentance, it's that complete dedication to change the motivations that dictate your actions and goals. Why do we do what we do? Just because he's God. And I'm not. And he is, that's the only reason. Why do I live for him? He's God. And I, when I get down to my, right, my motivations being right, then it makes all the difference. Sister Catherine, why don't you drink alcohol? Well, what was the reason? Because Jesus is the only God. And you said it. You actually said it. She actually said it on the airplane. <laughs> she was on the airplane, and she actually said it, right? So what is the reason why you do the things you do? Because Jesus is the only God. Well, why do you dress the way that you dress? Because Jesus is the only God. 
What does that got to do with anything? Well, that opens a door. Now I can tell you. <laughs> and that is the answer to every question. And if it's not the answer to the question, it's not worth talking about. Why do you not cuss? Because Jesus is the only God. Why do you go to church? Because Jesus is the only God. Right? Why do you memorize scripture? Because Jesus is the only God. And so that's, that is a great answer. And so remission is the removal of the effects of prior sins that is given by grace through baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is the answer of a good conscience toward God. I just happened to turn on Christian radio the other day, AM, and I don't listen to a lot of, I listen to a lot of preaching, but I don't listen to a lot of, um, you know, secular Christian radio, <laughs> uh, quote-unquote Christians, and somebody had called in and asked, must you be baptized to be saved? And the guy said, no. And I started... Uh, trying to listen to his answer, and I was thinking, oh, boy, this guy is so off. This guy is so off. He, he even ended up saying, well, it's not a bad idea. It's probably a good idea, but, you know, you don't have to be to be saved. And so um, I was thinking, boy, he is just overlooking. He's just missing so much. So, yes, it's essential. It is the answer of a good conscience toward God. If you are not baptized... Do you, are you able to stand with a good conscience before God? Are you able to stand in judgment with a clear conscience? Because, remember, it is for the remission of sins. So then we had uh, receiving the infilling and indwelling in your body of the Holy Spirit accompanied by speaking with an unlearned language. And this is your empowering. We read this last week. Remaining is living a godly life of holiness in all ways, including standards, with the directive and corrective input of the Holy Ghost, living the Christ life. The Christ life. One of the things that I <clears throat> learned about standards, the primary purpose of all standards of righteousness is deference. When you understand the primary purpose, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's to defer your brother. It's to defer your sister. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, you know what? I can eat this meat. But if it makes my weaker brother to stumble, I'm not going to eat it. He could have d done it. But see, he made a sacrifice for the weaker brother. And sometimes, so who's the weaker brother? The more conservative one or the more liberal one? Who's the one who's saying, I'm the weaker brother? So you got to do it my way, you know? So, no, so we, it's deference, and I've shared that many times before that, you know, when I've, when, if I go somewhere else, and I, I'll just ask them what is, uh, you know, if they ask me to speak or something, I want to know what their platform standards are. I want to be respectful to how they do things. I don't want to cause any problems. Uh, that's because a love for the brethren. And that's all in step seven, brotherly kindness, to consider my brothers and my sisters. There may be some things, well, I don't have a personal conviction against it. That's not the issue at all. The Apostle Paul, he, like I could eat the meat. We know that it was offered to idols and we know that an idol is nothing in the world. But if it makes my weaker brother to stumble, I'm not going to do it. Not, not, he didn't say, I don't have a personal conviction against it, so I'll do it. And then the weaker brother stumbles. 
because he violates his conscience. Because in his conscience, remember what his conscience mean? It means co-perspective. Look it up in the Strong's. It's somebody else's perspective. And if in his mind he really cannot see how a Christian could eat this meat that has been sacrificed to idols, and for him to do it, maybe he came out of idol worship, it would be violating his conscience. And you, who's maybe the stronger brother, you, th you see it as no issue at all, and you make your weaker brother to go ahead, oh, if he could do it, he's a strong brother, I'll go ahead and eat. He violates his conscience. He sins against his own conscience. We don't want to do something to cause our weaker brothers to sin against their own conscience. So when we have the right understanding of standards, there's some things that I may do that I don't really have personal conviction against, but I do it because i considering my brothers and my sisters. And when you have that attitude, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Somebody came to me and said, after I taught this uh, a few years back, they said, well, so-and-so uh, that doesn't go to our church is so offended because the ladies in your church wear dresses. I'm like... <laughs> All right, I don't consider her a sister. <laughs> She's already not saved. <laughs> so I'm talking about <laughs> if somebody gets offended because uh, you do Christian things, do we stop doing Christian things? You know, that, so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, yes, Sister Catherine. That's a, t that's a tough one, Sister Catherine. <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah, so basically um, most, most people are pretty understanding, you know, in situations like that. Most people will be pretty understanding. There's going to be a few of those that are going to be like, oh, I can't believe, you know what I mean? Uh, and you call yourself a Christian and you do this <laughs> and you do that. There's going to be some like that. But most, for the most part, people are understanding. Um, even in, there's uh, Brother Urshan, right? He calls himself a compassionate conservative, which I think is a, a great thing. So he has very high standards, but he's also very compassionate and loving people. And um, I heard this from another minister and said, oh, you know, so-and-so, they came a certain way to our church. Uh, they didn't have standards and this and that. And I thought this, and, I, and he goes, well, he goes, now I know where they're at. He goes, I'm glad I know where they're at at least, you know. So his perspective was, uh, you know, um, he, he wasn't offended by it, but to him it was, you know, it just kind of helped him know where that individual was at. And uh, we don't preach standards first. That's not what we're, where we build our foundation. That's not where we build our Christian life. That is in that seventh stage, and that is the remaining. That's after the new birth experience. And that's where we learn to get along with brothers and sister, brother, brotherly kindness. There's some things that your brothers and sisters will be irritated at you about if you do. Growing up in a family, 
you know, I used to do this all the time. My fork and my knife, you know, playing at the table, and they'd be so irritated at me. Stop! Enough with the tapping. Right? And um, so, you know, there's going to be things that you do in the church that your brothers and sisters get irritated about. And so, you know, that's where we learn to get along, and we learn to have relationship, and we learn to forgive, and that's that all those, you know, me dressing this way kind of irritates my sister or irritates my brother, bothers them a little bit. So, you know, I don't want to be a stumbling block. I'm just, you know, we learn, and that's, that's that growth process. And that all those things happen at that stage. Brand new Christians, they're not, they don't understand that. Brand new babies, they don't get that. You know, you don't explain to a little baby, you're screaming at 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, it just doesn't work for the rest of the family. And then think that the, the baby's going to be okay with it. You know, so that they need some time to grow. And it's good to have relationships with your brothers and sisters. Hang around them. Be around them. There's going to be things you do and say that irritate them. That's okay. I mean, you, hopefully you can learn from that. And we got to learn to be compassionate and forgiving and patient with our brothers and sisters. So that's that step seven. And if you've been in church for a long time, you learn that about people. You learn to be patient. You learn that people aren't perfect and people make mistakes. And hopefully if they just hang in and stick with the program that, you know what, they're going to grow and they're going to mature. That's the whole idea. We want them to mature. And so that's, what, that's where all that stuff comes in. So that's that living a godly life of holiness in all ways, including standards. People say, oh, it's not about God looks at the heart. Yeah, he does. But he does, but we clean the inside first, right? It doesn't, he doesn't ever say to not clean the outside. In fact, he, he commended the Pharisees in their apparel. He did. He said, you're beautiful on the outside. The issue was the inside. And so uh, some people just take that, to, oh, you're like a Pharisee. You just have standards is just not that. The issue was not how they looked on the outside. The issue was what they were looking like on the inside. See, that's where that's where that took place. And so um, I don't think standards are a bad thing. I There are certain standards that I keep for myself that I don't, like, even talk to people about, really. It's just personal standards that I know that um, other ministers, I may not be offended if if Brother Bloss doesn't have this some of the particular standards I have, but I do have some of the standards I have for myself because it, because there are some conservative ministers that are friends of mine who really believe it's important. So I do that. That's just what I do. And so I've learned it, deference. Deference. Isn't it beautiful? To defer your brother. To defer your brother. So, anyways. And then step eight is reproducing. So being a soul winner through merely living according to the calling you've received. So if you start living according to the calling you've received, souls, they're going to be drawn not to you, but Jesus in you. What Jesus has been doing. 
it's not about me, but it's what Jesus has done in my life. And, and hopefully they'll see that God has been at work. That's the idea. You know, they see that hopefully there's some maturity, there's some growth. And, you know, there's things I used to do that I don't do anymore. And, you know, I'm trying to reflect and show Jesus. Right? Because we're supposed to be conformed into his image. So when you stand and you look in the mirror, you know, you start looking more and more like him. Isn't that, you know? And when you're following Jesus, if I'm following Jesus, hopefully what you see is not me, but Jesus in front of me. I'm following him where, where he leads me. I will follow. So that's, that's the goal. And people are attracted to him. People are attracted to the Lord Jesus Christ because he loves them. Even though they've made huge messes out of their lives. Even though uh, they've just done everything they could think of that, you know, God would just not be pleased with them. Surely if I stepped foot into a church, lightning would strike and that church would fall down. So I just can't go to church. You know, I've heard people say that over the years. But our God's much bigger than your sin because he died for the sins of the entire world. So you're just minimizing how big our God is by thinking that he couldn't have died for your sins and he couldn't forgive your sins. And like he was surprised at your sin. He already knew about your sin and still loved you and formed you and fashioned you in your mother's womb and gave you the breath of life, you know, <laughs> All those things. So people start getting attracted to that. And the more you start acting like he would have you to act and being like he would have you to be, people are drawn. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed that. I mean, I walked into a gas station today. I, I mean, I don't normally tell you guys stories uh, that I have on a daily basis, but I walked into a gas station today and I had a big smile on my face. And... This older um, lady says, wow, that is a beautiful smile. She says, your face is gleaming. It is beaming. I was like, yeah, it was an older black lady there in Fairfield, California. It was pretty awesome. I had a shining, beaming smile. But, you know, when you, when you just let the Lord shine through you, you know, uh, things just go better. Um, I had a guy working for me. He's worked for, with, for me since April. And we, we've kind of gotten to a time where it's a little slow on our job. We finished up most of the stuff we can finish up till for about a month. And um, sending him to another job. And uh, he came back to help me one day this week. And he said, um, I just let me just tell you. It's night and day. He goes, you and that other foreman are polar opposites. <laughs> he goes, let me just say, you guys are polar opposites. And I don't care if I have to go back to that job ever again. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So he complimented me in such a way. But when you get to know people, you get to have relationship with people, and you let them see Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. Man, I've got really sidetracked on this, and I didn't even get to Acts chapter 8 today. But um, I believe in standards of righteousness, and we don't call them standards of holiness. We call them standards of righteousness. We've always been taught for years they were standards of holiness. But we can't be holy, only God's holy. Righteousness is right standing with God and with our 
you know, our horizontal and our vertical relationship. That's the vertical. This is the horizontal. Brothers and sisters. And if I am right with my brothers and sisters, God puts that above being right. Isn't that? Okay, we've talked about that before in the lesson seven, redeeming our society. So um, hopefully that's a good reminder for all you guys. Any questions? Sister Catherine always has good questions. Uh, number seven is remaining. The, the, the lesson of number seven is called redeeming our society. And then number eight is reproduction. Reproduction. And these are all the things that we do, that happens in our Christian life. And as we begin to conform more and more to his image, we mature and we grow. People are attracted to God in us. So they're attracted to, to, to Jesus Christ, really. So, anyways, that's it. I, I went over time, and I didn't even get to Acts chapter 8. But Acts chapter 8, there's some good things coming. Hopefully, next week, we can start off with Acts chapter 8, talking about the eunuch, Philip and the eunuch. So, the Ethiopian eunuch, what he was reading, why he was reading in the book of Isaiah. So, hopefully, there's some interesting things about that. So, I'm going to have Brother Sharam pray in closing.